Thank you so much for tuning in to our church podcast. You can go to atarapentecost.com for questions about services and how to donate. We pray that you are blessed by this message today. God bless. So Hebrews, uh, and we don't worship angels. Let me state that. We worship Jesus Christ. But he created angels to minister to us. Even when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, an angel appeared to him and ministered to him and strengthened him. Now, if he needs strength from an angel, I need strength from an angel. Amen. And uh, Hebrews 1 and 3, which you can read, But to which of the angels has he ever said, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet? Are they not all ministering spirits sent out to serve those who will inherit salvation? That's comforting because we have support, angelic support around us. She said, well, I've never seen them. Most people don't see them, but they're there. And some people have, have had their eyes open to see them. There was a prophet in the Old Testament, and the servant came to him, went outside one morning as he woke up and stretched or whatever he did and looked out there, and there was 180,000-plus enemy there, uh, outside, like on the hills, like ants. I mean, they were everywhere. And he ran back in and said, Elisha, he said, there, there's enemy all out there. And all Elisha said was, Lord, open his eyes that he could see. And when he looked again out there, his eyes were opened, and he saw more angels than he saw enemy. And he was comforted. And not only that, and I'll, I'll mention something about it a little later, but at one point, um, well, when you've got an angel on your side, you've got a lot of power with you, and they're, they're sent as ministering spirits. But they're sent out to serve us. That's what they're sent out for, to serve us, to those who will inherit salvation. It's important that we have salvation. So... The next slide, I have a, a picture of uh, cherubim. Now, most of them, in English, you would say cherubim. And the I am, whenever you have a Hebrew word, I am is plural. It's like es, okay? So it's plural. So actually, a cherub would be one. More than one would be cherubim. Cherubim. So here's a bunch of them similar to ascending and descending, like in Jacob's dream, they were going up a ladder and coming down a ladder. Well, Jesus said to one of the apostles, to Nathaniel, I believe it was, you shall, you shall not taste of death till you, and you, before you will see the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. So there was a lot of angelic activity. And throughout Scripture, we know that there was a lot of ministering to those who would inherit salvation. But uh, cherubim are a typical, they're, they're a typical angel we think of, angel with two wings, but they're not a typical angel. These angels were, were present for a certain duty, and there's a certain order of angels, uh, according to scripture. And uh, there's archangels that are over continents and over greater works of God and over nations and there are uh, we know that Israel's angel is Michael and we understand that through the book of Daniel and uh, archangels we don't think had wings but the cherubim had wings and the first cherubim we see is in the Garden of Eden where Adam and Eve were driven out and there was a angel with a flaming sword of fire put there and usually when the cherubim are present there's always judgment 
so cherubim are present in judgment. And if you see an angel with wings, hopefully it's not during the time you're going to be judged <laughs> or we're going to be judged. But um, over the mercy seat of the tabernacle, those of you who are a little advanced in the scriptures, you understand there was a, a tabernacle uh, or, or a cov- Ark of the Covenant in the tabernacle. And on each side, there were cherubim, one cherubim, two cherubim. And they were touching their wings together. They had two wings each. And those were present because of judgment. And judgment was going to be uh, settled in mercy because of the blood that was shed. Isn't that a wonderful picture, a wonderful thing? So the next slide. Everybody wants to know this one. When do angels appear? Well, I have seen a lot of angels, a lot. I don't know why I see them, but I've seen them. And, um, but I, scripturally, when do they appear? When people obey the gospel, there are always angels present and around. Uh, so the gospel is our response to the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ is the death is to repent of our sins. The baptism is the burial in, in Jesus' name and the filling of the Holy Spirit. In Luke 15 and 10, Jesus said, I tell you that there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Wherever the gospel is preached, wherever people gather who have, are filled with the Spirit and who are heirs of salvation, there are angels there. So in this building right now, there are angels here. You don't see them, but they're here. Lord, get open your eyes, and I pray he does, to let you see them. And, um, you know, just don't be scared and run off. I mean, because they could be a frightful thing to you. You, you never know. So, First uh, Peter 1 and 12, in these things which have now been announced to you through those who preach the gospel, notice the connection, salvation and the gospel, to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things into which angels long to look. So there's a connection with the gospel and with the angelic visitation and the presence of angels. So uh, that's an important thing. Why is that important? Because without salvation, we open ourselves up to fallen angels. And we're going to see how that happens. It's important to... uh, Next slide. Angels are assigned to children. They're assigned to them. Jesus said it, Matthew 18 and verse 10. See that you do, do not disparage or look down... On one of these little ones, these children, for I say to you that their angels, they've got an assignment. They've got an assigned angel in heaven who continually sees the face of my father who is in heaven. So he, in other words, is saying that every child has an angel. You have an angel. You have an angel, and that angel has helped you. That angel has protected you in ways you don't even know. So thank God for that angel. Thank God for that angel. Every day, just thank God. Thank you, Lord, for the protection you put in my way. The scripture said, the angel of the Lord encamps round about those that love him. The next slide, angels are assigned to those who have the name of Jesus in them. That's why salvation is important. Because we want as much help as we can get from God's realm. In Psalms 91.11, for he will give his angel orders concerning you. This is messianic, but also it's prophecy concerning us who are the heirs of salvation to protect us in all our ways. How many believes the scriptures for us? Every board of it. That's right. On their hands, they will lift you up so that you do not strike your foot against a stone. 
you're going to find protection and you're going to find help. You will walk, and Jesus quoted this when he said, I give you power against, serp, uh, uh, against all the power of the enemy to cast out demons. You will walk up on lions and young lions and snakes. And so this, he was quoting from this portion, you will walk up on the lion and the cobra, you will trample the young lion and the serpent. They will be under your feet. You will have authority over the angelic host. And if it's a fallen angel or a demon, you will have authority over them. You, you should be able to recognize what they are and who they are. We should recognize who they are and what they are. And I'm going to cover that shortly. In verse 14, he says, In all of this, these angels will be ordered, and they will be ordered to concern, uh, concerning you, to protect you in all your ways. Wherever you go, you don't have to worry. Somebody said, well, I'm afraid to fly on a plane. What are you worried about? you got an angel with you, the angel of the Lord. He's going to be with you. He's going to protect you in all your ways. On their hands, they will protect you and keep you. You will walk up, uh, uh, over all the, the fallen angels, and you, you will be strengthened. Because why? Because you loved me. I will save you. And I will set you securely on high because you've known my name. It's important that we know the name, the saving name of God. It's important that we have the name of God in us. It's important, and that's why they, the apostles were told to baptize in the name of the Father. John 5.43, Jesus said, I'm coming in my Father's name. I'm coming in my Father's name. If I came in someone else's name, you wouldn't believe me. But I came in my Father's name. And in Matthew one twenty one, you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. And the Holy Spirit in John chapter 14 will be given in Jesus' name. So they were to baptize in the name of Jesus. That name of Jesus becomes into us. It's in us. It's on us. It's in us when we're baptized in Jesus' name. That's why it's so important. That's why salvation's important. If you don't have it, you don't have that protection that you need. And it's really important in, as we get closer to the end times, because we know there's going to be more. Revelation chapter 12 talks about it, because there's going to be a huge amount of demonic activity. You go to Seattle and some of the big cities, Portland, you'll see it. You'll see it. I mean, Sister Karen and I have been, uh, we walked to a McDonald's. We, we were going on our way to church. And this man stood beside the truck. And I said, honey, don't open the truck to get out and go in. Um, just wait and see what he does. So he slowly, he stood there for uh, a few seconds 10 seconds and he walked around the front of the truck and he stood by the door at mcdonald's so we got out and started to go in and i i put my hand on her back so she would go first she went in first i want her to fight all the devils for me no i'm just kidding and um so she went in first because i wanted to keep an eye on him and he was standing right here and we opened the door and as we went by he went <laughs> And I'm like, man, have I heard that voice before? This man's full of the devil. He's possessed. He was filthy. He was a young man, probably 30-ish. We stood there and ordered, and he growled the whole time, but his mouth never opened. He was so full of the devil that these noises would come out of him. I mean, he didn't even open his mouth. And... Sister Karen ordered him breakfast, gave him breakfast, and he watered up the sandwich and stuffed it in his pocket. And she handed him some. She said, you don't have to live this way. Jesus can help you. And he just growled and walked over and sat down in a chair, and he watched us as we ate. When we got up to leave, he got up. He followed us out the door, and then off he went somewhere. I don't know where he went. Uh, my wife said, well, you know, what if we had cast him out? I said, well, it had probably taken an hour or two. We had to go to church. We'd have tore this. This whole place would have been torn up. That man was really demon-possessed. I don't know how many he had. And I say that out of experience of casting a lot of devils out. Um, 
really is a can be a violent experience for them and um, they won't harm you uh, if you have Jesus in you and you have authority and you're full of the Holy Spirit but and you're baptized in Jesus name you got the blood on you you're covered but uh, I've seen actually a, a little gal about this tall my brother Dan had a girlfriend who brought it into a church down in Texas and she came in and when she hit the altar she began to growl like a bear and writhe around and foam and vomit was coming out of her mouth. It wasn't pretty. And so I went down there to pray, to cast it out. And I look back at the pastor and he's standing back over here. And he's like, I'm like waving him, come on, help. And he's like, you start it up, you get rid of it. And so uh, there was a couple gentlemen there about Brother Collins' size. Uh, so it'd be like twice as big as Brother Block. A couple big boys. Okay? And because she was choking herself and scratching herself and blood was starting, she was scratching herself to blood, trying to choke herself. A demon was trying to kill her. And writhing around like a snake. And so they gently tried to pull her arms away. She literally, and they had their weight on her arms, and she literally picked them up like it was nothing. And these guys weighed 350, 400 pounds. And she was tiny. She was tiny. So it's nothing to mess with. And these are the kind of things that, that are going to be more coming at us. I mean, we need the Lord. We need the protection. We need the help of the Lord. So let's go to the next slide. Angels attend worship and prayer services, Luke 1 and 11. And we were standing in church one day, and uh, we were on the second pew down in Texas, and uh, just worshiping, and I seen a man just show up. It just appeared, a man in white, and he didn't have wings. He just had a white robe, and he his skin was kind of whitish. He had a beard. He was about this tall. And I was, like, standing there, and I was just like, whoa, where'd this guy come from? And he stood there like this, and he looked right at the front where the song leaders were singing. And all of a sudden, the power of the Lord fell at the, at the front of the church, and they started speaking in tongues, being filled with the Holy Spirit, and dancing around, and it just came like a river through down through the congregation, all the, all the pews, everywhere, and then he was gone. So it happened just quickly, and I looked at Karen, I said, did you see the guy? And she's like, what guy? She didn't see him. But the Lord showed me that when he wants to send a blessing, he will bring a blessing. That angel came right from the throne for a specific blessing for that church and brought it. And he was just waiting there until he delivered that thing from the Lord for that church. How, what a beautiful thing. What an amazing thing. So uh, angels bring special news. Jesus' birth, Luke chapter 1. Angels are assigned to separate the righteous from the wicked, Matthew 13. Angels take the deceased to be with the Lord. Luke 16, it happened that the poor man died and was carried away by angels into Abraham's arms. There was an evangelist that went to a church uh, down in uh, South America. My uh, Aunt Miriam, sponsor, told me about this. And the woman died uh, that the church loved. She was an older woman, and she passed, and they were just grieving. And the Lord sent this evangelist over and uh, said, the Lord told me to come here, and here's what he told me to tell you, that there was someone that you loved that has passed, and he didn't know. And she, she passed. When she passed, there were angels that had lifted her up from the bed, and she, she sat up, and they began to put a robe a white robe on her. And they stood her up and helped her walk down a pathway that was lined with yellow roses on each side as they went to see the Lord, to meet the Lord. 
And the church just started weeping because that was the favorite flower of the sister who had passed was the yellow roses. So they knew the connection. And the man had got the, had got the message from the Lord that this is what happened when she passed, that she went on her way to visit the Lord. Everything was good. Um, angels gather the righteous, Mark chapter 13. He will send forth his angels and will gather his elect from the four winds from one end of earth to the other end of heaven. And uh, then in Matthew 24 and 30, he will send forth his angels with a great trumpet blast and they will gather together his elect from the four winds. It's, it's Matthew writing and Mark writing about the same thing. So um, we know that we're going to be in the hands of angels till we see the Lord himself. So the next slide is a, is a picture, another picture. This is kind of an artist's rendition. Uh, uh, I don't think they're naked. I don't believe they would be naked. Uh, the Lord has a lot of uh, scriptures against nakedness. So but I don't think, but that's, anyway, he kind of looks like a rough, tough angel, right? So th the next slide uh, I have here that angels are powerful. Here's how powerful one angel was. There was, uh, in 2 Kings 19, it says, for the Lord said through the prophet, I will protect this city and save it for my own sake and for my servant David's sake. Then it happened that night that the angel of the Lord went out and struck 185,000 of the Assyrians at the camp of the Assyrians. And when the rest of them got up early in the morning, behold, 185,000 were dead. That's one angel. So the power the magnitude of what an angel can do is immense. And you probably got a few of them hanging out with you. You have nothing to fear. You have nothing to be afraid of. We're in good company. Amen. And the Lord even said, where two or three gather, I'm even there. And where the Lord is, there's angels, an innumerable company, the scripture says. So it's a wonderful thing. It's a good thing to know that there are angels around us. When I uh, started seeing more, my daughter, uh, Delena, we were driving, I was driving uh, like 70 miles an hour back when the speed was higher, back in the 80s, uh, by Boeing Field on I-5 going north. She said, Daddy... Uh, she was in the passenger side. She said, Daddy, there's a man walking by the car. Now, I'm doing 70. There's not, uh, like, there's no cars near me. There's these big concrete walls that go up probably 40 feet. There's no people there. I look over there, and it's like, there's nobody there. I'm like, oh, what's he wearing? A white sheet. I understand. She saw an angel walking beside the car, on her side of the car. To this day, she remembers that. Some of the friends, uh, her friends, uh, when she was little, they were out in the trees and they came in to the house, and or they were out in the yard. Uh, under the trees and they came into the house and they said there's men in white sheets sitting on the limbs of the trees. I ran out. <laughs> I didn't see anybody. There were angels that had manifest themselves and the Lord allowed them to see them so that they would be comforted to show them his great works. So the next slide is Daniel had visions of angels and the angels came to him and brought him understanding of the word of the Lord brought him prophetic words about the end of days. The next picture is a different type of angel. This is called a seraph. A seraph has six wings. So there's different kinds of angels. There's also angels that have the appearance of a man. Just look like a regular person. 
But a seraph is a special angel. And if you said seraphim, you would have more than one. You have plural. Seraphim is many seraphs. So we see Isaiah in the next slide. It's kind of, I distorted it a little bit, but the seraph, when he sees the Lord on his throne, which John says in John chapter 12 that, he, that Isaiah saw Jesus on the throne high and lifted up, and the seraphs were above him and around him, and they were calling to one another, holy, 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 and one of them came down and took tongs off of the incense, the coals of the altar of incense, and touched Isaiah's mouth. And Isaiah said, woe is me. What that basically means is I'm destroyed. Woe is me in, script, in Hebrew it just means I'm, I'm a goner. I'm just, I'm in trouble. I, I don't even deserve to be here. I mean, I've got, you know, I've said a bad word or two or ten, right? And so the angel comes and he takes a coal from the tong, uh, with tongs from the fire and he touches Isaiah's lips. <laughs> and he was purified by it. So the, this was a special vision that Isaiah had of the seraphs. In the year of the King Uzziah's death, in Isaiah 6 and 1, I saw the Lord sitting on the throne, lofty and exalted, with the train of his robe filling the temple. Seraphim were standing above him, each having six wings, two with which covered their face, two covered their feet, and two with which they flew. So that's kind of a strange, you know, when you think of angels, we don't think of seraphs much, but that's an explanation of a seraph. And one called out to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of armies. Also referred to as the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. In Psalms 148 and 2, we have glorifying angels. The next slide. And these, these angels praise the Lord. They magnify the Lord. They glorify him. And they t tell of all his wonderful deeds. In Luke chapter 2, suddenly there appeared to a bunch of shepherds on the hill by the sheep an angel with a multitude of heavenly angels praising God. These are glorifying angels. And they, well, here's what they say. Glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth. Goodwill among people whom he is well pleased. You notice what it says. And I'm using, I'm using scriptures that are the closest to the Greek you can get. Peace on earth and goodwill. Peace on earth among people to whom he is well pleased. Now, if you're not doing what pleases him, you're not in that group. Sorry. I didn't write this. I wasn't, you know, typing all this. This is scripture. It was written a long time ago, 2,000 years ago, approximately. So when the angels had departed, they went into heaven. So peace on earth. If God's pleased with you, if you obey him and follow his word, and, and you're, you, you obey the gospel, you respond to it by repentance and baptism in Jesus' name and being filled with the Holy Spirit and Obeying his word. When his word says something, you don't fight about it. You, you, you believe it. You're going to have peace on earth. And God will be among you. And he will give you that peace and that strength. I've had peace come over me when I was in a depressed state. And I don't get those very often. Now, Jesus said... Uh, I watched Satan fall from heaven like lightning, Luke chapter 10. I watched Satan as light uh, as I watched Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Now he just blurts this out because they had been casting out demons. What he was telling them is that he had told them that one third of the angels had fallen when Satan fell. One-third of the angels of heaven 
Now, the scripture also says there's an innumerable company of angels. So there's two-thirds that are holy, one-third that are not. And some of those are already in hell. We can, there's scripture for that. Some of them are bound. And even in the book of Revelation, chapter 9, there are four angels that are bound in the river Euphrates that are waiting for a day and a month and a year. They're bound. Well, it says they're angels, but we know that they're demons. Well, how do you know that? Because they're bound. Holy angels aren't bound. They're free. They worship God. So we know that the devil and the angels that disobeyed, which we call demons or devils, have, uh, have come to the earth. And we know that we have authority over them. Jesus said, behold. Now, wherever the scripture says behold, it means look. <laughs> look. Look. I have given you authority to walk on snakes and scorpions. Remember the, in Psalms, I was telling you, he talked about this. And authority over all, not part, not a little bit, not a portion, but all the power of the enemy. I don't care what he tries to throw at you. I don't care what he comes up with tomorrow. I don't care what he's come up with the last 10 years. Whatever he comes up with, he's defeated already because you have power to defeat it. Now, if you put a little fence up and let a lion live there and feed that lion every once in a while, you're going to have a fight on your hands. So, you have to learn how to get rid of the lions. The Bible says the devil's like a roaring lion. You don't pet that thing. It's got claws, fangs. It growls. It's mean. You know, it doesn't discern the difference between a nice ribeye and your hand. Or foot. Or arm. Same to the lion. It all tastes tastes the same so we have to be careful we but we have authority we have to understand we have to have understanding we have power over these spirits that come these are spirits of oppression and depression and fear the scripture says God has not given us a spirit of fear but of love and of power and of a sound mind We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to walk in fear. We don't have to be afraid when the lights go out at night. Well, i got to leave the lights on, the music on, because I'm scared. You don't have to be scared. You have angels around. You've been baptized in Jesus' name. You plead the name of Jesus. I'm telling you, there was a, a sister who had come into the church. Well, I was on her way into the church, and um, she had married a man from Bali, and she didn't know that much about the guy, but she married him and fell in love with him and married him, and he was from Bali. Well, he was demon-possessed. Not only that, he had a few hanging around him. One night she's sleeping, and something disturbs her, and she opens her eyes and sees it staring at her, like this far from her face. And it scares her, so she kind of yelled out. And he said, oh, you saw him. He's my friend. It's okay. He had brought idols into that house that he worshipped. There was a lot more that happened, so she asked for prayer. The pastor came in and um, anointed every room and prayed in the name of Jesus Christ. And that demon left and took that man with him and went back to Bali where it was safe. So be careful. Be careful who you, who you become friends with. Be careful what spirit thereof. Pray about it. Seek the Lord. Lord, protect my ways. 
Give me power and authority. Give me understanding. Don't let me fall into, into some of these pits. Next slide shows the angels that fell. And uh, so <clears throat> I'm going to flip a few slides here just to speed up. It's getting late fast. And um, so um, go to where, keep going. That's good. So spirits can compress, okay? When Jesus met the man of the Gadarenes, there were 5,000 devils in him. The little gal that, was, that we cast devils out of that were lifting the men up like this, and uh, she had five devils in her. So these spirits could compress. She did things that were conducive for demon possession. Nobody here has done that that I know of. But she did. The one Jesus met at, as they rode across the Sea of Galilee, they got to uh, the Gadarenes, the area of Gadara. It was a, um, it was a Gentile area, oddly enough. And there was a man that lived among the tombs. And they put him in chains because he was just demon-possessed so bad he tore the chains and tore the shackles. They could not control him. He had demonic power that was really strong. And when he saw Jesus, he ran and fell at his feet and the demons cried out, Jesus we know that you are the son of God. Have you come to torment us before our time? I thought about that and was praying about that in my office years ago. And it dawned on me. They're scared to be tormented. Otherwise, they wouldn't have said that to him. So he can send them to the pit before their time. He's not bound by that time. With them, he doesn't have a contract, right? So I was praying one day, and I got a pain in my back. I was like, oh, man, oh, this hurt me. And that scripture came to me. I said, Lord, I'm your son. You washed me with your blood. I was baptized in your name. I have your name. I love your name. I'm filled with your spirit. I keep getting refilled and refilled and refilled. I love your spirit. I love your word. But there's a devil trying to keep me from praying right now, and he stuck his bony finger in my back. Lord, would you do me a favor? Could you... Cast that devil into the pit before his time. And as soon as I said that, the pain left. Just like that. It was gone. It's like, nice. I like it. So sometimes I'll pray that. If I'm up against a demon, I will pray, Lord, cast him into the pit before their time. Don't mess around with them. I'm not playing with them. It's time to go. Burn forever. It scares them. They don't want to go there. So Jesus also mentioned overpowering the strong man. And so it's important that we're full of the Spirit. We're full of the Holy Ghost. One night I was laying on my bed. I've told this story. Some of you haven't heard it. I was laying on my bed down in, I was preaching for Brother Tenney down in uh, Louisiana. And I was laying on my bed, and I, something woke me up, and I, I have a demon staring right in my face. And I screamed out in the voice of a 12-year-old girl. Check it out. In the name of Jesus. I was so scared. In the name of Jesus, get out of here.
And that demon stood up and went and flew right through the wall. It took me probably 10 years to figure it out because I'm kind of slow. It doesn't matter what you sound like. You've got the name of Jesus on you. And when I invoked the holy name, when I called on the name of Jesus, he was over there saying, and that devil knew his time was short. Out he went. And it happened. I've never been afraid of a devil since that day. No need to be. I trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm his. Ephesians 6 and 12. Paul says this. You need to understand demonic powers and difficulties and how they present. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. You think it's a person you're wrestling against. It's not. It's not flesh and blood. It's against principalities and powers. It's against rulers of darkness and wicked authorities and against, against powers that are in the sky. Now, this, the Greek uses the word heaven for heaven and sky, and it's the same. The heavens are the sky, and the sky is the heavens. But it means in the sky. It doesn't mean Satan's in heaven with the Lord. Okay? He's not anymore. And against spiritual forces of evil in the sky, for these powers of darkness that we're up against, you think you're fighting people, but you're not. So there's three ways that these demons harass us. They harass us through fear. There are four ways. Fear, uh, depression, obsession, and possession. And I want to finish this. Can you bear with me a couple minutes? Is this okay? Is it okay? If you got to go, run. If you got to go, just go. But I'm, I'm going to finish this. The demons live in filthy places. They dwell in filthy places. They dwell in, in places where there's a lot of disease and corruption are rampant around the places they dwell in. Jesus said they live in dry places. Demons will overpower weak people. What do you mean by that? Drugs and alcohol lower resistance. They lower the spiritual will in a person that a person can't fight off a spiritual attack. So you see where there's more drug addiction and, and a lot of alcoholism, you will see a lot of demon possession and a lot of works of the devil. Now, are there people that are just crazy, just crazy, crazy? Yeah, some of them are in my family, right? But <laughs> I don't, <laughs> oh, God help us. But there are people that are demon-possessed because they have given in to those spirits. They, there is music that will incite. I'm talking about how people get demon-possessed. There's music that incites wickedness and draws demons closer to where they can try to get a foothold into a life. You say, well, I don't believe all that. Go ahead. You go right ahead. Anything that's wicked and evil, anything that's not of God, you see, God is like black and white. It's either for me or against me. You're either gathering or you're scattering. So you draw the line where you've got to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. But let me tell you something. If the devil comes in and he wants to take you and you're weak, you'll be possessed by him. He'll take you and he'll run you around like a rag doll. He'll shake you until you've got nothing left. Participating in unrighteous activities can invite demonic attention. Interaction with witches and psychics. There was every psychic I see, like over in um, Monroe, Washington, on my way home from work, every day there was a psychic had a sign. 
And I bound that psychic. I bound her works of Satan. I knew what she was doing. She's a witch living over there. And I said, Lord, run her out of this road. Run her out of this town. And I prayed. And it took about six months. And finally that sign dried up. And there was no psychic there anymore. And guess what? God put it on somebody's heart. And they started a church in that town. And got a Bible study. And God started doing a work. Interactions with people who live in a lifestyle that attracts demonic attention and things that are demonic will attract demons. But how to get demon-proofed? Who wants to be demon-proofed? I do. Repent of all your sins. Be baptized in Jesus' name so you got the blood covering. Be filled with the Holy Spirit every day. Attend church and worship regularly. I mean, get it in here. Listen to the word. Get the word in your ears. Get it down in your heart. Pray in the spirit every day. Read your Bible out loud. When you're at home, open that word and speak it out loud. Why? Because those are the very words of God. Every demon has them memorized. And when you start speaking the words of God, you actually shake the very world of demonic power, and it moves away from you. Sickness and disease has to go. All of those ugly things got to go, got to get away from you. Because when we were at my wife's mother's house, she, she was depressed. She was, Fred, I, had Fred died? He was in a home. He could never come, come home because it, it was that time of life. He was never coming back. She was home alone. And she, she was depressed. And she said, that television right there, there's a voice that speaks out to me, and it's telling me, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. And it kept saying it over and over and over. Now, that just sounds kind of weird, doesn't it? Just like, man, are you hearing things or something? That's what you'd think right off, right? I mean, that's what you'd think. So we're just talking to mom. And we're talking about the Lord and the goodness of the Lord and how God's doing great things. And all of a sudden, she says, I feel, we were in the kitchen. She had a big bar there where she'd make cookies and stuff. And, and we'd have meals and eat there. And she was on one side and we were on the other. And I said, Karen, grab her. She looks like she's going to faint. And she got weak, and Karen went and grabbed her and said, let's go sit down in the living room, and we begin to pray. And as we prayed, we begin to pray in Jesus' name. What happens when you pray in Jesus' name? You start speaking in tongues, you know. We just the spirit start moving. We're praying in Jesus' name. The Holy Ghost start moving. We start speaking in tongues. Her eyes got this big, like, she was like, she grabbed the side of the chair, and she goes, there he is! He went out. He went out there. He went out the wall. Like, who? We're just praying. She's Lutheran. I mean, you know, she, she's kind of calm all the time, really. You know? She's seen a black, a black spirit. And it walked out that wall. Because we came in there with the blood of Jesus and the name of Jesus and was calling on the holy name and speaking in tongues and the spirit began to move and it got a little hot for that spirit. And that spirit never came back to that house. Never came back to that house. You say, well, you know, sound like she was hearing things out the TV. No, that was the spirit talking to her. So these things happen. Oppression, depression. And if they can get in you, they will possess you. And then you need help. If you know somebody that's possessed, they need help, call Brother Grant. Call him up. Say, I got someone possessed. Let's get rid of it. We'll gather together and we'll cast it out. That's no problem. No problem. So read your Bible out loud every day. It's important. Command the demon to leave. If you get in a situation, there's one you command it to leave. You don't negotiate. 
I don't negotiate at all. I don't care what their name is. Some people say, well, Jesus asked their name. Well, I don't ask what their name is. I don't talk with them. I tell them what to do. You out of here. I command you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get out of here. Go. How many times does that take? Many times. I say it as many times till they leave. They get tired of hearing it. They get tired of hearing the name of Jesus. They get tired and they go and they come out. The person, it's not, the person can't keep them in. When you command them to go, they have to go. The person doesn't have a choice in the matter. It's the one calling the name of Jesus and Jesus shows up and he says, out you go. And out they go. So invoke the name of Jesus Christ, command it to leave, keep commanding in the name of Jesus until the evil spirit leaves and get rid of it. That's what you do. That's how you do it. And um, you stay on it. You don't have to touch them. You, you don't. But if you need help, we'll pray with you. We'll invoke the name of Jesus Christ around you. We'll speak in tongues. Have a good time. The devil doesn't like it. That's why it's important to come and worship like that. Let me tell you, it's vital. It's vital. Our kids are going into schools that have demon-possessed people in them. You say, well, I don't see any. I reckon you don't. But I'll tell you what, if I walked in there, they'd be growling at me. I'd see them. They'd pop. They'd show up. They don't like me for some reason. And that's just fine with me. We'll cast, those, we'll cast them out. In the name of Jesus, would you stand? Now, this lesson, you know, really could go... I just covered the top surface. This could go for a long, a long time. But just understand that you got power and authority. And just understand that if you do what the scripture says to do, you're in great shape. Now, if you haven't done that, I fear for your life. I wouldn't even, I'd be afraid to drive a car. I'd be afraid to do anything because you don't have the protection that those who are saved have. I'm sorry. You just don't. So get ready. Get ready and get close to Jesus. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you that we could share these things, oh Lord, these experiences. And I know there's others that have experiences. But we thank you that you build faith and courage within your people Help them, O oh Lord Jesus, to have discernment and understanding. And, Lord, to be filled with your spirit and to speak your holy name against all the wicked forces that come against them. In Jesus' name, I bind everything that would bind their joy and would keep them from full salvation. I bind everything that would keep them from full health. I bind everything that would cause sickness I bind every spirit that would cause them trouble and would cause them fear and oppression and depression. I bind every spirit that would come against this church and this pastor and this pastor ministry team and these song leaders in Jesus' name and everyone who teaches and ministers here. And I bind every spirit that tries to keep this altar from being productive. And I pray that this altar becomes so productive and these waters of baptism are stirred every day that in Jesus' name, your spirit, Lord, as we gather together, would be great and mighty. Send your glorifying angels among us and let the glory of the Lord and the peace of the Lord be among us in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.